Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Discoculia and Music, Toys That Teach, Developmental Implications of Math Anxiety, Tips to Help Children with Discoculia, Dispelling myths about mathematics, your child's memory, and does your child have trouble with numbers? This is a podcast for weeks 47 and 48 in 2018, a combination for the Thanksgiving week, and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us look at the links for this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, uh, thanks for having me at this uh, really uh, extended Extended, podcast. yes, yeah. absolutely. We have a lot of nice links and we need to go over it fast. Um, let's look at the first one. It talks about disco, culia and music. What can we learn here? Well, it's uh, something new. Um, although uh, I've always uh, connected uh, counting and a rhythm uh, with uh, numbers and this is about a team that developed a um, key U, an app uh, and it helps people with dyscalculia to learn music so dyscalculia um, is influencing how you understand numbers how you keep a schedule tell time and even be able to kind of perceive to judge how far away an object is so mm -hmm. um, th there's a lot of other um, issues going around it's not only uh, writing down numbers uh, and having issues with that now music and categorization exercises do help uh, students with uh, dyscalculia improve their skills that is what they uh, they say here well obviously you need some research about it, but it, it sounds uh, uh, plausible. Now, when this is, uh, when you keep this in mind, the team uh, created a tool and it helps people with dyscalculia uh, learning uh, to play music. Now, and uh, there's a, a mapping application, it, it projects, it's a projection mapping application that displays color on a piano keyboard and uh, corresponding colors on uh, digital sheet music and we, we have seen a thing like this before and those were letters those were numbers but this does it with colors so uh, highly likely this is easier for uh, for people to follow there's actually a tablet uh, with a projection device yeah, and that a, goes a, on the piano. It's a pretty nifty device actually. Right, you have that right. tablet that's standing on a little stand on top of your piano and then it beams colored lights on the keys and then at the same time it, it lights up the notes in the same color on the digital sheet music. Yeah, it's so, so it's an exercise in, in chasing the color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, uh, you need to train your fingers. Uh, it's it's not automatic right. that you can play uh, difficult piano pieces with it, but it can definitely help with uh, finding the keys, and then you can try and memorize the music right. and, and play uh, play it. Definitely, definitely. It's um, it's a very novel thing, and it, it was developed. There was uh, some kind of contest. That that's how they. Uh, develop this uh, this tool um, so our next link talks about toys that teach now how's that now this is about um, some novel toys they're really great 
And they actually uh, do not need a screen what? for a change. No yes. screen? What? No screen. That what still happens? happens. No um, electricity involved here. No. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you one quote, okay? Okay. Uh, in the article, and that, that, uh, that caught my eye. For math, we've overemphasized numbers. We have underdeveloped visual thinking and thinking in different forms. And, and they probably also mm. mean patterns here. And that is so true. In particular, I feel for the way uh, how math is being taught in the US. There is definitely uh, a lack of uh, visual thinking. It's definitely on the back burner. And that is a big pity because for those people who, who are more visual thinkers, it could be more easy. And also, it is a big part of math. Math is not only uh, written down numbers. Then you, you kind of condense it to the kind of boring arithmetic. And that doesn't do the beautiful... Um, the beautiful uh, concepts of math um, real justice. So I totally agree with this. Okay. Well, the article and comes from the Mashable side. Uh huh. And they make a list and they have a, a couple examples. Just simple building blocks, mm -hmm. right? They are fantastic. They have size, they have content, they have volume. You can compare them, you have different shapes, what fits together. Then they also mention uh, something from Fisher Price. It's called Code a Pillar Toy. And Code a Pillar. Uh, has colorful uh, lights and it it uh, encourages children uh, to put segments together to arrange them in in their own unique pattern. You mm -hmm. can also do this with other colored blocks and just making a repetitive pattern and you can make it as uh, intricate as uh, your uh, student your child can handle. Then they mention the robot uh, turtles. It's a board game. And robots move over the board, and at some stage uh, you need to do some programming with them to collect uh, uh, prizes, and th that those are jewels. Mm -hmm. Now, and then uh, my uh, all-time favorite uh, toy company, Lego, uh, has no uh, creative toolbox. As a Lego set, they can build five different robots, and uh, it helps children to be creative uh, using that uh, Lego uh, material, and, mm -hmm. and you know it's very versatile. Yeah, I can, definitely. I can uh, recommend it uh, definitely. Okay, well that's uh, that's great. Uh, simple toys, and um, and that will help. Now our next link, and also and playing together with your child, right. just making a little pattern that's that's maybe a little bit more uh, complex. And show it. Don't immediately expect that your child can uh, finish it, but just um, making it interesting, keeping um, keeping an interest in the toys. And if you, as a parent, or even as a kindergarten or first grade classroom teacher, show interest in uh, what the uh, what the children are playing with, that stimulates them to keep busy. They're they're proud of it. They want to show their their little building and that helps them to um, to make even more uh, uh, more buildings okay put things together that's part of part okay. of math well our next link is about the developmental implications of math anxiety how bad is that 
Well, it, it's actually pretty, pretty bad. Uh, unfortunately, it, it hasn't been recognized uh, often. And the research in uh, into mouth anxiety still also leaves a lot of questions open. It's new. Uh, but from my experience, I can tell you it is real. Um, so the questions that we need to look into, and that's that's what this research uh, brings up, is what about um, the student psychological development in math and how anxiety actually influences the perception of the instruction. So... Um, how do students see the assessment and the feedback they get in math? Mm -hmm. Then, how do uh, we scaffold the feedback and assessment in, in a way that it impacts uh, student learning in math? How, right. how, how does anxiety come into the question there and probably uh, curtailing the effect? Then, the instruction assessment and feedback strategies that might work for dealing with math anxiety in one child may not work for the other. It's not a one-size-fits-all, yeah. as usual mm -hmm. in sure. uh, everything that sure. has to all do with special ed. Right. They're all different. And then finally, how does uh, math develop when students uh, are developing along a different um, route trajectory of uh, anxiety? Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's an interplay. It, they they influence each other. Mm -hmm. So there are no answers in this article. No. But just putting out the questions there is important. And the writer um, uh, puts out another question: Do we treat the underlying issues separately and address mouth anxiety as a one size size fits all instructional approach, or? And you can hear from my tone of voice that <laughs> I'm more on that side. Yeah. Do we look at different developmental trajectories, routes, how to get there? And how can we differentiate the instruction and the assessment practices so that we match what a student needs so that the progress is as swift and smooth and fast as possible? Now, all very good questions. Um, well, uh, we don't have the answers. The yet. answers are not there. Nope, nope. But you all always uh, need to start with the question. Employer, and employment these are good for questions. researchers, absolutely. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now, the next link is about tips to help children with DiscoCulia from our old friend Steve Chin. Yes, from the UK. We have uh, we have um, referred to him uh, several times. You know that he's an author about dyscalculia. There are several very good books from his hand, um, and he's also into research. He's a, he's, a, he's an educator himself, and um, our listeners need to read the full article. But uh, some of the tips that he gives there are. Watch and listen. Observe your student. Don't have a pre-planned kind of schedule and, and uh, project that. Be very empathetic, especially um, to uh, those students who have short-term memory. So they, they have already 
uh, last the question before you have uh, started to work it out. Don't rely on road learning. Explain how it works. Yeah. Show it. And uh, manage uh, manage mistakes. Yeah. So not a problem to make a mistake, but do something right. with it that the student can actually understand. Right. And this is this is just um, the tip of the iceberg. The list goes on. Teachers and parents who help uh, children should uh, just take some time and go over these uh, recommendations. He has a, a lot of experience and. Um, very importantly, one uh, that a suggestion I'll mention uh, the last, um, not only identify, but also interpret errors. Don't just say, oh, that's wrong, and then give the right answer, mm -hmm. but try to figure out what the train of thought of a student was, if they just knew not, not blurt out 25 different answers, that doesn't help that much, it's just a uh, shooting, uh, but interpret where the error comes from, what exactly was the misunderstanding that that student has, and then help to fix that. Absolutely. Good advice. Steve Chin, I mean, just go out there, folks, and, and read the full uh, article. Now, the next link is about all those myths about dyscalculia, and they try to shed some uh, light on it. And let me pull it up. This is actually, I think it is a, a special issue from a magazine. Let us see here what, the, what we have. Yeah, these are the dispelling the, uh, the myths from, and this is a wonderful... Um, this is a wonderful article written by the guest writer um, uh, Professor Joe Bolar, and this is this is wonderful. She actually uses recent research to dispel the myth. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and we have uh, also mentioned uh, Joe Bolar at Stanford several times. She's one of our favorites. She has a lot of. Um, really interesting activities on her website. It's called YouCubed. I, I can only uh, give you the suggestion to go there and, and look at all those activities. Now, let me just read you the introduction uh, to this uh, new uh, contribution. Many students of mathematics are held back in their learning because of ideas about mathematics and mathematical learning that are inaccurate. Now, this special issue features a range of articles that tackle some of those different myths that restrict learning opportunities for students and the ways they may be taken out of the learning equation to liberate students. Examples of myth that are tackled are the idea that only some students can learn high-level mathematics. A range of articles tackle this faulty idea and provide evidence of change when this idea is dispelled. Other articles tackle the faulty idea that to be good at mathematics you need to calculate fast, or that mathematics is a set of disconnected procedures that need to be memorized, or that student off-task, so to say, conversations impede learning. Others consider the true nature of real mathematics and the difference between mathematics as a discipline 
and the mathematics taught in schools. Special issue features, research papers, reviews of research studies, technical reports, and conceptual pieces. The goal of this special issue uh, is to um, conceptualize and raise attention to these myths that reduce students' learning of mathematics and highlight interventions. In research with teachers and students has set students free and liberated their learning of mathematics. End quote. So what they do is they show a scientific article for every myth about math in order to help these myths um, <coughs> <coughs> bless you, to, to help that these myths are, um, are, are going out of this world because and I have seen all of these happening in my practice over the last uh, decade. Um, it's, it's not only research, this is definitely something that you see in your da daily life as yeah. a dyscalculia tutor. Yeah, and this is pretty good. I mean, for every myth they have a scientific article. So this, this is something you can really use to help those myths out of the way. Right. Well, it's a great because piece they of turn uh, up in a lot of meetings, right, and IEP right. meetings, etc. And then you can throw and this around. It's yeah, and then fine. Now let me see. The next link um, is about the children's memory. That sounds important, right? Very important. Um, both sh short-term and long-term memory, and also working memory, uh, are very uh, closely linked to how students learn math and right. the way we are teaching math in the US is a lot mem more memory based unfortunately for those kids who struggle with that uh, than in some other countries where, where we have lived and, and looked into the curriculum. Right. So if, if you are a, a good memorizer you definitely set out to uh, be believed to be very good in math, mm -hmm. uh, but that is not necessarily going on in later years when there are more thinking skills uh, involved. Right, and so this article is, is from that uh, website called the divinemagazine.biz. Yeah, I, funny I, name. Yeah, it's a funny name, but they actually they do a pretty good job at listing the many ways in which uh, the child's mind can have issues. Well, and, and yes, that is definitely one of the big things, short-term memory. When you read through it, um, you'll, you'll be surprised um, that uh, somebody can have good working memory because there are various reasons why the memory may fail uh, working. Um, and they list dyscalculia, but they do not go in great depth um, in explaining how important short-term memory is to do math. Now brain training or memory training is important. You can accomplish it in, in various ways. So there's a lot of card games, memory games for math and exercise is definitely uh, important. But there are more, um, more things. Uh, the memory games are, are obviously funny. You keep the attention going and we all know a memory game with the cards, uh, they need to be turned over two cards right, and then, right, then uh, the two, if they yep, match you yep, can uh, take yep, them away yep. and you want to play till all of them are... Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, even Scrabble. Um, 
Right. There's many, many games that uh, tap into memory and it also helps with uh, focus. Okay. Okay. Well, great. That brings us to our last link in this extended version. And here's the question. Does your child have trouble with numbers? Oh, well, thank you so much for including that uh, link. It goes to the Cars for Kids website. And that's a non-profit organization and they help uh, educational and youth programs. They give a little explanation of this cochlea here. Then uh, they go into uh, a lot of detail, listing symptoms by school type. And they also have some uh, suggestions on how to help your child with this cochlea. Very well done. And then they ask for a donation, of, of course. course. For cars that's for why, kids. That's why they're called cars for kids. So. Yes, yes. But we can definitely uh, encourage their absolutely, initiative. Absolutely, they're a great outfit. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. Hope to see you again next week. We wish you the best in your Thanksgiving endeavors. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCoolierServices.com. You can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. She maintains board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. And she runs five free webinars every month. And all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you have discoculia, you can do the free discoculia screen on the website discoculiaservices.com at the left navigation panel. Or you get a more comprehensive Madden discoculia screening test done at discoculiatesting.com. Dr. Schroeder is on a mission to increase the number of dyscalculia tutors and has developed a whole online course for teachers and other interested people who want to become a dyscalculia tutor. And you can find all about that at dyscalculiatutor.org. Dyscalculia Headlines Weekly is a production from dyscalculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at dyscalculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at dyscalculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.